0: Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents, you're in the right place, unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. We are absolutely thrilled today to have Nicole Espinoza on at the Titanium Vault. Nicole, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am fantastic. For those third of you that are yeah, for those of you that are listening, this is going to be the third time that Nicole and I are going to do this interview due to technical difficulties. So, if it sounds like we're rushing through it, it's because we've been through this a couple of times. So,
1: Or we're just like so good that now this is going to be the best one ever. So, it,
0: Exactly. All right, Nicole. Why don't you let everybody know who you are and what it is you do in real estate?
1: Absolutely. So Nicole Spinoza, um my company is DFW short sale experts and we specialize in short sales. And what a short sale is, uh, is where a homeowner is um, they owe more than the house is actually worth. So they're having to either face foreclosure or go through a short sale where we can get their lender to take the loss instead of them. So that's what we do. That's what we specialize in. I'm a licensed agent. Um, and we work very closely with investors um, who are coming across these homeowners.
0: Right. And that's how you and I met originally a couple of years ago. You reached out to me and, and you had kind of given me your pitch on how you can impact an investor's business by being a short sale expert. So why don't you go into that a little bit on how you can help investors?
1: Absolutely. So I always tell uh, my investor partners, you know, keep me in your back pocket. Um, you're going out and you're. Um, trying to get properties with equity, obviously, and properties that, you know, are underwater and, and the numbers just don't make sense for you. That's when you would call me. And what we do is we give you another opportunity to purchase these property instead of walking away. So how that looks like for you as an investor, you, um, you know, meet with the homeowner and you just realize that they owe way too much for, you know, any type of offer because of repairs or just because they've, you know, done mul- multiple loan modifications or whatever the situation is. Um, And then we meet with you and the homeowner, we get your offer. So now you are able to purchase the property with the lender um, and we negotiate on their behalf. And the best part is, is that not only does the homeowner, all their debt, you know, become settled through this process, um, but they're avoiding foreclosure and they don't owe us anything. Uh, We charge our fees to the bank. um, So we're doing this, you know, essentially for free for them um, and for the investor.
0: Right. And for the people that aren't familiar with a short sale. How long does a typical short sale transaction take from the time that you get involved to the actual closing?
1: So this is like the question of the decade. Everyone loves asking this question and it's a great question. It's just hard to answer. For us, our average is two to four months from start to finish, but every short sale is different um, because every lender is different and every lender has different requirements. Um, So, you know, we have one right now that's The longest we've ever done is a year because multiple people have passed away during the transaction, and it's been an absolute nightmare. We did our job. We got the short sale approved, but um, you can't ever predict those kind of things. But on average, it's um, anywhere from two to three months and uh, from start to finish. So, And the industry average is six months to a year if it gets done.
0: Okay. And one of the things that really stood out to me when I started working with you was the fact that you could go to a short sell opportunity and mm-hmm. you could negotiate it down to where the price made sense for me as the investor because of the repairs that were needed. So talk to me a little bit about how you can negotiate that to where it makes sense for the investor if the property itself is distressed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's, as an investor, you need to understand because I think there's a big – um Misunderstanding when it comes to if it's a short sale on how much they owe and the relevance of that, and it doesn't matter if if they're upside down, if the bank's taking a loss, how much they owe is no longer relevant. We are focusing strictly on the market value because you have to remember that if the banks foreclose on the homeowner, they're only going to get what the house is worth. They're not going to get what they're owed, you know, with the fees and everything like that. So that's why the banks are willing to sell it as is. Um, Now the price. How we get it down, um, we work with the investor closely to get any bids, like repair bids from contractors and, you know, anything, any information that they can help us provide to justify their offer. It's going to only be easier for us to negotiate with the lender. Um, the lender is going to um, order an appraisal or a BPO, which is a broker price opinion, and they're going to send them out to the property. And whatever price that comes back, that's what the bank sticks with. Um one of the main reasons why most agents aren't successful with short sales is because you know the price if it's too high, they don't know how to go around it. And so this happens all the time. Um, you know, our motto is to be proactive and not reactive. Um, because we just, that's the way we do business. But sometimes it comes back and it's too high and we have to dispute it. Um, so that's why we try to be prepared with all of the bids, with pictures of damages and things like that. Because at the end of the day, if, if it's an investor grade house and it has structural issues, we can't sell it to a, tr- to a traditional buyer. And if that's the case, we need to get a discount Um, because, you know, even if it was to go into foreclosure, it would have to be discounted because why would an investor go through this process and purchase a house that has no equity in it? How are they going to make money? Right? So um, that's what we explain to the bank um, and we go back and forth and we dispute it. And that's one of the challenges, probably one of the most common challenges in short sales that uh, we are very well versed with.
0: How often do you get pushback from the lender when the BPO comes back, if if there's a significant difference between what is owed on the mortgage to the BPO, are they quick to just say, okay, we'll go down to what that broker's price opinion was?
1: They always will, um, because the, like I said, they don't. The relevance of how much is owed, it, it doesn't matter anymore. Um, their loss is based off that value. So, for example, if it's an FHA file, they'll say, okay, a hundred thousand dollars is what the value came back at. We're willing to accept eighty-eight percent of that as is value, and so that's how the bank determines their minimum net is based off of the as is value.
0: Okay, and just. One other question, kind of diving deeper into this. When the, the BPO takes a, takes place, did they take into account, like, is there a certain percentage of profit or holding costs that they build in there for the investor? Or is it just strictly based off of comps that sold in the area that were in a similar distressed state?
1: Uh, it's mostly comps and that's honestly the biggest challenge. Um, I know that the toughest properties cause the appraisers don't care about an investor profit. and uh, they have their guidelines uh, or the BPO. They have their guidelines and, and basically what they're told to do is get the comparables and compare, um, you know, apples to apples, right? So if you have other investment properties, um, that were in similar condition, that's a perfect comp. Well, the biggest challenge is when you have a really distressed house in a beautiful neighborhood. And that's why those get stuck because the appraiser can only do so many adjustments, um, for those repairs. And so that's where we come in and we give them actual numbers because the appraiser is not a contractor. You know, I had one time an appraiser I asked for the report because the value was so ridiculous. It was this house in, um, little, um, and he counted a thousand dollars, uh, for a roof to be replaced. Oh, wow. And I called him and I'm like, uh, can you please give me uh, the name of the person that can replace It's a for $1,000 because my investors would absolutely love that. I mean, the guy's going to have so much business. And and he's like, "Um, well, it's just a rough estimate. And I'm like, is this a joke? And it's almost like they do this so much that they don't understand the reality of it. And so that's our job is to bring them down to reality and say, look, I cannot sell the house for more than what it's worth which is why we're doing a short sale. And so, you know, having those discussions is so important. And that goes down to being proactive. We meet every single appraiser that goes out to the property. So anytime an appraisal gets scheduled, we're meeting them out at the property to talk to them um, and to remind them that, hey, if you don't do a good job, that's just more work for us because we're going to get the value down one way or another. So we can either do it now or, you know, have extra time added with the lender and fight them on that end. Right. So a couple well, different avenues that we can do.
0: Right. Let's talk about the importance of if you are the agent or if you're bringing on an agent in your role, the importance of getting an approved price before listing the property.
1: Absolutely. So if you're not working with me and you're an investor and you're putting in an offer with another agent, you've got to remember that there's no rule book of short sales. There's not Hey, agents, this is what you're supposed to do. You know, everyone does their own thing. And with that said, most real estate agents don't understand um, the process. So a lot of times they'll treat it like a traditional sale where they will get a listing agreement signed, they'll put a sign in the yard, and stick the house on MLS. And the reason why that's, you know, terrible is because um, you as an investor, you see a house and they listed it, let's just use $100,000 because it's easy, they listed it 100000 you guys have it under contract, but you don't really have it under contract. Because then that agent has no idea what the bank is willing to actually accept. They just guessed their to their best ability, stuck it on the market and tried getting a contract. Um, you know, that does a lot of a lot of things. One, as an investor, you need to determine or you need to ask them, hey, is this an approved price? You know, where are you in the process? And if they don't know the answer to those questions, there's a good chance that this is not going to close. I always like to say it's like the blind leading the blind. The bank's not going to tell you what they need or what you're doing wrong, and the agent doesn't know. And so that's why you see those short sales that go six months, a year, two years, and some most of the time, they don't even, you know, a lot of times they give up. Agents give up, and that's how we get a lot of referrals because they just they don't want to deal with it anymore because they don't know how. So um, asking if it's an approved price is extremely important. And what that means is that the bank has already determined what they're willing to accept for the property. So the the bank has told them, this is what we're willing to accept, and that's what your offer is. I can't tell you how many times I've had investors come to me and say that they've been waiting for six months plus, and the bank came back and countered $50,000 higher, and they just can't wrap their brain around it. They're like, I don't understand. We've been under contract for six months. How did the bank counter $50,000 higher, you know, it's not worth that. And it's because the agent, the agent didn't understand. And they just sent in the contract and, you know, waited for the bank to actually respond.
0: Right. I've had circumstances to where I've been told by the listing agent that we've accepted your offer. And in my opinion, it was executed. We went through our due diligence period. We deposited earnest money and then two to three months later, come back and they go, okay, the approved price is now 25, dollars $30,000 higher than what your yeah. offer was. And I, it, the first time it happened to me, I'm like, I, I don't understand this. Like, right. I, I was told my offer was accepted and we were just right. waiting on paperwork and the closing process. And so yep. that's when I learned how important it is to have an agent on your side Mm-hmm. that fully understands this, and anytime I come across a short sell um experience you know i I obviously bring it to you, and I think for people that aren't inside the d f w or Houston markets that it's important that you find someone that's a short sell expert because it is an entirely different process i mean it's a whole different way of thinking. I've learned that by by several deals with you where yeah. you've just explained the, the whole process and it's just completely different. So
1: It is. I mean, we literally are in a different world. Um, you know, I talk to most agents and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's because this is what we do. I mean, this is why you have to specialize in it um, because, you know, we have so much control as a listing agent on whether it's going to be successful or not. And unfortunately, you as an investor and as a buyer, uh, you're at that agent's mercy. Because they're the ones communicating and negotiating with the bank. So if they don't know what they're doing, it, there's not really much you can do besides ask the right questions to determine whether it's worth your time or not. That's really all the control you have, unless you have a relationship with the seller and you're able to, you know, talk them into working with someone else. Right. <laughs> it's the only thing else you could do.
0: So you're a part of JP and Associates here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and you were recently promoted – Uh, Why don't you share with us about that promotion and and what that means for you and J.P. and Associates?
1: Absolutely. So I got promoted. I am now a director and a director of REO and short sales. And um, basically what that means is, you know, I do believe that the market is shifting. And I do think that REOs are going to make a stronger appearance in in certain counties and um, in the DFW area, um, as well as Houston, especially with all the craziness right now going on with the hurricane and everything like that. Um, and so, you know, in the future, we are going to be getting um, REO accounts um, and basically just a resource for the agents um, at our brokerage. We have about 800 agents and counting. Um, so basically, whenever they come across a situation, you know, I'm the person that they refer it to. So um, that's essentially, in a nutshell, what what I do.
0: And I know I've already asked you the first two times we've done this interview, <laughs> but that does mean I still can bring you short sale opportunities directly to you. It doesn't mean you've now advanced no. beyond that, correct?
1: No, absolutely not. I mean, that's how I stay in business just because of
0: my reputation and our referrals.
1: I have an amazing team. It's not just me. Um, you know, Amy Tang's in my office and she um, runs, you know, monitors the short sales and works on them. And I have a virtual assistant who does, who calls on them and I have a transaction coordinator. I mean, I have everything set up so we have enough people on our team to grow um, I don't believe in growing too quickly, so I always try to be prepared for that. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'm never too busy for someone that needs help or guidance on a transaction.
0: And the two main markets that you work in are Dallas, Fort Worth, and Houston, correct?
1: That's correct. Now, I have processed short sales and out of state. So California, I've done Michigan, Arkansas, Oklahoma. I mean, honestly, people have found me just you know online and things like that, so I've partner up with agents. I can do short sales anywhere. Um, excuse me. I just have to partner up with the agent since I can't do the listing part of it.
0: Gotcha. So another thing that I want to talk to you about, and, and I think this is, you've been a part of this association for a while, but you're on the board of directors for the national association of Hispanic realtors. Is that correct? That's correct. So explain what that is and what your involvement is with that association.
1: Absolutely. So uh, NAREP is a national organization, like you were saying, and we the entire point of the organization is to promote um, homeownership for for Hispanics. And, um, you know, we are constantly trying to uh, give education to these homeowners, um, the agents. There's not a lot of there's a lot of misinformation and not a lot of education for people that have ITIN numbers and people that want to purchase, but they don't know how. And so all of this is about building Hispanic homeowners and wealth. And so they have, it's a, such an awesome organization because they give back so much and they, we do have a really strong presence in Washington. We actually just came back from a conference and our national conference is, um, on Sunday, this Sunday, um, So, it's an awesome organization to be a part of. I've met some amazing people. And because it's a national organization, I've been able to even meet people that have helped me in my short sale business Um, executives at Wells Fargo, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. So, I'm really grateful for that. And I love, since it is a volunteer, I love giving back and and mentoring other agents. So, it's right up my alley.
0: And when you say you're bringing awareness to homeownership for Hispanics, you're saying you're going to go out and you're going to mentor realtors on how to work with Hispanics and bring the awareness for home ownership, correct?
1: Exactly. Because um, education is everything, right? You don't know what you don't know. And a lot of these um, people don't even know that they can purchase or what kind of loans specifically for them. Um, so, because, you know, when you purchase a house, you're creating wealth. And so that's really what we try to help people do.
0: Right. So that's, that's amazing to give back like that. I've had Several opportunities recently to give back this podcast is one of the ways that I'm trying to give back to bring awareness to newer investors, you know, people that want to get into wholesaling. You know, one of the things that we're taught when you, you go to a seminar or you, you go to a RIA to learn how to become a wholesaler is to target short sales. And mm-hmm. it's amazing how people don't, there's not really many short sale experts out there that fully understand it. So for the newer wholesaler or investor, if you're in your market and you want to target short sales because they can be great investment opportunities, Absolutely. it's very important to find someone local to your market, or even like Nicole said, she can help other agents in other markets. Mm -hmm. to be a short sale expert and to hold your hand and walk you through the process. It's very important.
1: It's definitely something you have to be passionate about. I mean, I've been around – I've been doing this for eight years. I've been in the business for eight years. And I, you know, did it when no one really understood what a short sale was. And even the banks didn't have short sale departments. They had loss mitigation departments. And then I was around for when everyone and their mother was trying to do short sales. And you had these big companies processing, you know, these short sales for agents and, and they've all come and gone because if you're not passionate about it, you're not going to want to do it. It's a lot of work. It's not, selling the house is the easy part. It's working with the lenders and, and navigating with the seller because the sellers honestly are probably more difficult than the lenders are because they're a different breed. They're checked out. They're unresponsive, uncooperative, and you have to understand how to work with these kind of homeowners. Even as investors, and I'm sure if you're listening and, and you work with, um, you know, pre-foreclosures or, you know, auction, people with auction dates, you'll know that, you know, that these people are – are you have to talk to them differently. You have to treat the transaction differently. Um, so you definitely have to be passionate about it because if not, you get you can definitely get burned out very quickly, which is why a lot of people started doing short sales and then completely were like, "This is not worth it. I'm not. I'm not going to be in this business anymore."
0: Right. So one of the things that you and I have talked about in the past is that I think is vitally important for a newer investor to understand, and even for someone who is in the sh- going to try to go the short sell short sell route is getting the payoff mm-hmm. immediately at, at that uh, first appointment or what I call the moment of truth when you're there with the, the motivated seller. Go into the importance of getting the payoff and why that's important.
1: Absolutely, so like you said, um, you know, this is so crucial because a lot of people, they don't know what they don't know. So they'll tell you as an investor or wholesaler, hey, I owe 100,000 and you know, this is what I need to sell it for. Well, generally, that's not an issue, but when people are behind and they're basing it off their mortgage statement, which only includes their unpaid principal balance, that is completely different than a payoff. And when you're behind, you it, you have late fees and foreclosure fees and interest and all these other stuff that's added. I have literally seen um, payoffs double or uh, increase from the unpaid principal. I had one client in Louisville who I was like, wow, okay, this is, you're behind, but we can actually sell this traditionally. And he's like, yep, I owe 150. I go, okay, order a payoff. He's like, I've got one, which he didn't. And we showed up to the house. The house was worth like 300,000. And I was like, hey, slam dunk, you know, my investors will love this, it's all it's all good. We get to the property and he showed me his mortgage statement and I said, that's not a payoff. I made him call right at the appointment, which is what you guys should do. Make them call right then and there. Um, they can call their lender and get a verbal payoff or order one to send to you. Um, he was able to call, it was Chase and his actual payoff was 250,000. And wow. he was blown away. He was like, I don't understand. And so if I was anybody else, I would have put it on the market or sold it to one of my investors and then we would have found out at closing or, you know, a week before closing or whenever we would have gotten that payoff. And so nobody, you don't want to waste your time. You, if you do your due diligence in the beginning, you can avoid all of those surprises in the end, you know, and no, you don't want to waste your time as the investor because you guys are trying to think of your exit strategy, right? You're trying to think of if you're going to wholesale it or double close or however you are trying to do for your investment. And you're not going to be able to do that if the numbers don't make sense. So in this case, it was fine because I do short bills. So I said, okay, you're a short bill. And right. we, we got all the paperwork done and, you know, we we moved forward. But that's how important it is. It's just an example of, you know, and in his case, the reason why it was so drastic is because he's done four loan modifications. And whenever you do a loan modification, they aren't forgiving your debt. They're restructuring your loan. So they're adding all of those fees to the back of your loan. And sometimes they're even creating a second loan, you know, if you guys ever come across a property that has any, t- that's a HUD property, they'll create a, a second HUD lien. So now you add that to the payoff. So there's a lot of different things that can happen. So it's very, very important to get all that information up front to determine whether you can purchase it traditionally or you'll have to go through a short sale.
0: Absolutely. I mean, could you imagine as a wholesaler, mm-hmm. which is my main source of revenue, if I go sit down at that appointment and I look at that mortgage statement, and I take the word for it and I put that under contract for whatever, you know, if I put it under contract for his payoff and then I go wholesale it and we don't find out that the payoff is that much more until a couple days before closing. You're not only losing the deal, but you're probably going to lose your buyer as, yep. a, as a client because <laughs> they're not going to trust that you understand what you're doing, even though it could be, you know, a God to honest mistake Right. And you just didn't know that you were supposed to do it. That's why this is so important. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's more than just that aspect as well, because also as investors and wholesalers and and realtors, our job is to be problem solvers for our clients. Right. We we both have similar clients. But if I'm sitting down with that that person, if they had called me instead of calling you, I am I have a responsibility to that client to be a problem solver just like you. And I need to be able to look at that. Maybe the deal doesn't work for me, but that's when I call you and say, "Hey Nicole, you can take care of this person better than I can because of the payoff." Absolutely. Well, and I uh, I agree
1: with you. It's all about credibility, right? And so, it's how can someone take you seriously if all these surprises come up and you didn't even know to ask those questions? So, if you're listening to a podcast. I guess obviously, you're you're already on the right track because you're trying to learn. Um, so definitely, you know, don't make those mistakes because I've seen it time and time again. Um, I get referrals all the time from investors that are at the closing table and they're sending me the emails from titles saying, Here's your new lead, right? <laughs> because they, they got the payoff and you know, don't even get me started because how do you even get that far? And they didn't order payoffs, but whatever. So definitely right. learn from that.
0: All right, so. We've gone into a lot about short sales and your promotion and your involvement with the Association of Hispanic Realtors. I always like to wrap up these interviews by finding out what is your purpose behind why you do all of that. Why do you give back to your community as much as you do? What is your why?
1: Um, I, my why is I'm extremely passionate of helping um, these homeowners and mentors um, I'm also a mentor, you know, at the brokerage, and when I first joined, I didn't have any of that and have that support, and um, over the years, uh, it's just become a huge passion of mine, and I truly believe that when you are passionate about something, it doesn't feel like work. So, I do work a lot, but um, I my why is just, I, I am very passionate about helping these people get move on with their lives. Um, you know, I, I, we're doing a really good thing. We're helping them avoid foreclosure um, and helping them recuperate and, and start over, um, so that's that
0: would be my why, Right. And, you know, every time you and I have talked about this, this would be the third time we've talked <laughs> about this now. Um, you know, I always second that by saying it's extremely important for if you're getting into this business to be passionate about it. You mm-hmm. know, it's not about it's not about the money. Or or anything past that, it, that's short term, right? I mean, I both believe the a, money
1: will follow. I mean, right. if you if you do it, I completely agree with you.
0: Right, I'm extremely passionate about what I do as an investor. I could not be passionate about short sales like you are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the difference between me and you. But again, I work a lot, and I don't ever feel like I work. Mm-hmm. It, it's weird, you know. Sometimes the weekend comes up, and I don't feel like oh, thank goodness, it's the weekend. You right. know, it's, it's kind of like it's just another part of my life, and I enjoy my weekends and spending time with family and friends, but I also enjoy working and solving people's problems and helping people in their distressed states and stuff like that. So passion is very important to me. Thank you for sharing that. For everybody that's listening, what's the best way that they can reach out and contact you?
1: Absolutely. You guys can reach me on my cell phone, 972 972- 832-2755. Um, I am also on Facebook. And you can go to facebook.com slash W or just kidding. Facebook.com slash DFW short sale experts. Um, so either one.
0: I almost feel like it's mandatory. I have to, you have to I have say to this. Say it. I have to say it. So uh, <laughs> I love it when people uh, give their cell phone numbers on podcast interviews because that's what I did on my first two podcast interviews. And I laughed at myself because I did it, um, but I've, I've had people call me on my cell phone, bring me properties, bring me opportunities to work with them. So it always cracks me up when people get their cell phone. Um, I think I did a better job of explaining the story the first two times, but <laughs> well, you know, uh,
1: I, 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 yes. Yeah, so anyways, but yeah. <laughs>
0: I, I, I plan on doing this for a long time. So I think I'll tell the story better on a later time, but Nicole, thank you for giving me so much more time that's going to show up on this recording
1: my pleasure and,
0: and sitting down with me three separate times because apparently I don't know how to use a computer
1: no problem and one last thing um, if you guys if you're listening if you need someone just as a resource about a property or whatever you know definitely call me I'd love to help um, any way I can and Absolutely. thanks for having me I appreciate it
0: all right Nicole thank you have a great day you too bye